Today, on another absolutely fantastic episode of the Dingus Hour, uh, my good friend is stopping by, and uh, we're talking about a boatload of things, and it's it's quite it's quite the interview. I I have to say I I've I love this podcast. I love everyone I do it with, but I think this week's is you know really special. So. Uh, that's something you'll definitely want to uh, tune in for here uh, after my little after my little monologue. But the first thing here is that I want to talk about is that I'm I'm feeling pretty pretty anxious today, and uh, the reason why is that I am going on a date this evening. Uh, wow, in COVID times, it's it's like my first date in like a year. Or so, but. I don't, I, I like to, you know, help get rid of this anxiety. I don't think shutting down and basically curling into a ball, giving up, I don't think that's the answer here. So I figure that for today's little monologue or uh, intro, I'm, I'm not quite sure what to call this, but today we will be talking about, um, let's, let's, let's go through some, Let's gas ourselves up. Let's get ourselves hyped for not only the listeners out there, if you're you know, going to work, if you're taking a break, if you're – I don't know what you're doing. Taking a run. I don't, I don't know. It, whatever you listen to when, – whenever you listen to this podcast, I'm going to help you get through your day because not only is this exercise going to help me get through my anxiety, but it's going to help you get through whatever you have going on right now. And it probably won't, but, you know, I think it's I think it's worth a shot. I think it's worth something to try today. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to start. Yo, my microphone smells like garlic, too. Oh, wait, no, that's my fingers. You ever just like cut garlic in the smell? I, I, I love the smell of garlic, and I think it's from me cooking last night. But um, alrighty, so the first thing I like to do is I like to come up with a mantra, and everyone's mantra can be different. Uh, mine that I use is I am cared for, I am loved, and I am worthy. And this is, you know, something you can just say to yourself. This is kind of just something you can say throughout the day, too, um, if you're ever feeling down. Uh, but this this kind of helps me, especially on those days where I'm really anxious. But um, so what we'll do first, and this is such a bad meditation exercise. I'm probably ruining y'all's day worse with this rather than, you know, helping. But we're going to first thing we're going to do is we're going to take a deep breath in. And then we're going to let it out. 
And then you can say that mantra to yourself. I am cared for. I am loved. I am worthy. And I had a burp real quick, so that just makes it even better. All that bad energy is coming out of me. All that bad energy is coming out of me. And then we'll take another deep breath in. gentlemen you can use any mantra you want you can use anything you use that was just my example but uh that's that's you know that's something that helps me and i just say that to myself repeatedly and just go over it and, you know i'm feeling a little less anxious now and i think that's good and obviously other remedies such as you know going for a walk doing some yoga doing just stretching is going to help out too as well but that's just something i want to talk about here quickly before our interview but uh, again, like I said earlier, we have a fantastic episode. I am so glad to, you know, have this person come on and, you know, talk to them. And I, uh, this episode's coming out a little late. It's going to come out, you know, on Wednesday instead of Tuesday. But I had shit to do. I have a life other than this, even though this is my hobby. I just decided, you know what? Today it's going to come out a little late because I had a bunch of shit to do this weekend and I would have rather you know do some self-care but other than that before we get into that interview y'all should know what time it is <laughs> alrighty so today's animal fact is actually on this animal that I just discovered two fucking seconds ago and I gotta tell you, we are in for a ride today. So today's animal fact is on the ant echinus, 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 antichinus. I think it's an antichinus. Let's go with antichinus. If it's not antichinus, I apologize, Australia. But the antichinus is a strange little mouse-like creature that endures two to three weeks of marathon mating sessions that leaves the male so exhausted that it ultimately dies. Now, the antichinus, uh, there are two species of it. So there's the silver-headed and the black-tailed dusty antichinus. So because of these mating, these three-week marathon mating sessions, uh, they are referred to as suicidal mating sessions because uh, they, they also say that this isn't what's truly killing the animals. There's also habitat loss, climate change, and threats from feral animals such as cats, cattles, and horses that are driving away two of those species. But basically, the main cause is basically cause the mating sessions cause these animals to become uh, endangered. So, uh, both species do live on remote mountaintops in Queensland, Australia, and the silver-headed antichinus first described in 2013 is known only from the forests of Kroombit Tops National Park in southeast Queensland and the other two locations near the border of Queensland in New South Wales. 
The black-tailed dusky antichinus, described in 2014, is known from three isolated locations through uh, near the border of southeast Queensland. And then you see a goofball with, wow, that's a small little, that's a small little mouse. Jeez. Go Google search them. They're kind of fucking weird. But basically, uh, antichinuses that are found, <laughs> that's such a funny word, antichinuses that are found in mainland Australia, Tasmania, and New Guinea are famous for their sexual behaviors that's usually fatal for the males. So each year, during the mating session, the male mates with as many females as he can, each sex session lasting up to 14 hours at a time. Good God. I, mm, two minutes is like a record for me, but uh, the process floods the male's body with testosterone and stress hormones eventually leading to internal bleeding and immune system failure. After a few weeks of these sexual encounters, the male antichinus dies. So, these small marsupials have certainly courted... Oh, should I do it like in his voice? These small marsupials have certainly courted a lot of attention for the mating habits. They are quite unique from that perspective, and we've been very fortunate to be able to capture some incredible vision of them in the wild, Baker said. We can now turn the country's attention to the important job of saving these threatened species. If we take immediate action, I don't know if that's a hillbilly or if that's Australian. It's like both. Hopefully in the time we see the anti-Chinese removed from the endangered species list. That was, I don't know what that was, but. um, Yeah, so that's wild. Every week I get a new animal fact and I'm like, how can this week be, you know, how can this be last week's? But it does. It does. Obviously, I'm still bothered by the dolphin getting a hand job two episodes ago. But this is strange. Like, these little mice have sex for like 14 hours on end. It, that's like, that's that's boring to me. If If, if, if sex is more than like, TBH, if it's more than like 30 minutes or something like that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm done. I'm throwing the towel here. I'm just like, it's not happening, you know. And people are like, well, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Sex is beautiful. But no, if it's like more than 30 minutes at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm bored. I, this is, I, I don't want to work out this much, you know. Now, then it just turns into a workout. Then it just turns into, you know, phys- physical labor. But uh if uh you know if you're doing it for 14 hours that's terrible that's you know go you if there's someone out there who can have sex for 14 hours kudos to you because you you you've got it in the back my friend you you got this but um uh, you know other than that fantastic long Animal fact of the day. Uh, yeah, this intro was terrible, but uh, <laughs> our outro. God, I can't even fucking talk today. God. Um. Alrighty. So this was your animal fact of the day. Okay. So, uh, my next guest is a very good friend of mine. Uh, absolutely fantastic. 
human being. Um, she's she's just an absolute gem, and it's it's great to uh, catch up with her because I haven't I haven't seen her in a little bit. We 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 ran into each other at a concert, but other than that, uh, you know, I haven't really seen her too much. But uh, I would like to introduce you all to the wonderful and fantastic Cameron. Cameron, hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. I wouldn't want anyone else. I appreciate you coming on. I'm glad we could work this out. I've been super fucking busy all week and I've just been. No, me too. I understand. So I'm really glad this worked out. Good. I'm glad. But uh, Cameron, you know, the first thing I like to ask people is uh, so if you were, you know, on a cruise with, uh, you know, just chilling, drinking tequila sunrises, you know, doing, doing God knows what um and then you know an iceberg came and the cruise ship crashed and you were stuck on a deserted island um i guess who would you want to be stuck on a deserted island with and why oh gosh okay hmm. i know it's gonna sound weird and people that really know me are gonna be like really but i would say my mom because okay she is resourceful. That woman could figure out anything in any type of situation. And she is like a calming force. And I would need that because I get very tweaky. Um, Understandable. Or mm, I would have to say like my boyfriend, he is kind of like the, like my mom in a sense that he's very like, oh, we'll just figure it out. We'll just plan. I need people that like are non-reactive especially in a disaster scenario like that so someone that is just like okay whatever like let's just take care of it I think someone like that would work well so my mom Absolutely. And my boyfriend. <laughs> excellent I love that answer very wholesome I love it shows off your person gross no it's weird <laughs> that is so you're right that's so wholesome which is weird because we love wholesome vibes <laughs> but um I guess I guess we can talk about how we met each other and you know, I've had a couple people on, but, uh, you know, we did, uh, we did go to the infamous, uh, Lake Oswego high school together and, um, the, the greatest place on earth. No, it really was. Thank you. Shout out LO. <laughs> shout out LO. Shout out, shout out all the, you know, country fucks, shout out all the racist people. Uh, but how, how did we meet? Did we meet through, I think, probably twitter i feel like was I, it like i think we met through twitter like our first interaction was through twitter of some sort and then i'm one of those people that like if i interact with you on social media there's a level of comfort that we've already established so i'll like come up to you in the hallways and be like oh yeah hey like what's up spencer like that's how shannon and i met was like over twitter or something and then we just like became friends so yeah, it definitely had to have been over like social media of some sort. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I don't know, social media at LO was just so uh, interesting. I feel like it was, it was about, yeah, status and like follower count and who's oh my God. on who's and yeah. And it was just, I don't know. It was like fucked because like on one hand, like I would, and I admit I, I said like some really bad, like, I don't know I, I hate to say it but like anti-feminist shit like that's that shit like at one point I feel like I did and then I think as I slowly like started to like get towards graduation I was like I fucking hate myself <laughs> I'm just gonna like not say this shit anymore and I think because I used to get a while out of everyone I feel like 
I can totally see that. And I think like our school was really big about like shock value. And mm-hmm. even like myself, I feel like I played into it at times. Like um, that was our school though. Like you had to be some sort of like interesting per like something to keep you relevant. I feel like that was part of the yeah. school of our school. Um, yeah, it was definitely different. Like, cause like, I remember like a specific example, like the whole like Amanda uh, situation. Cause I think originally, um, I forget which Amanda it was. I think uh, she was on the snowboarding team, maybe. Yeah, Amanda Jordan. Yeah, and I, I mean, I remember in TBH that uh, that fight with her and uh, Bryson's sister. That was that was gold. That was to this day. Like it's so funny because like there were probably ten people at that fight everybody had their phones out but to this day I am known as like the instigator because like I posted on TikTok and it went or not TikTok Vine I posted on Vine and it went freaking crazy like I remember the next day the principal like pulled me into his office and was like Cameron if anybody comes to me saying they feel nervous or threatened you're gonna be suspended I'm not even fighting in the video I didn't do anything but post the video and I'm the one that's getting in trouble for it it was kind of crazy actually but that was our school. Our school was so scared of like commotion and chaos. Like they just like always went to the assumed source. And I feel like being who I was like, in, like freshman, sophomore year, I definitely was like um, the instigator. I don't know. I hung around people that like popped off. Like Amanda and Brianna had a beef that was like longstanding. And like, that just was something that never really like died down or went away and like any other girl teenage drama it just happened to be that those were the only black girls at our school and then it just like I feel like that's what amplified it and made it so much more like than what it was because truthfully it was just like a bickering like disagreement between two girls but it was like way more chaotic than like how any other situation would have been like described or remembered I feel like in high school yeah, and I mean, that was, I think that was a time where, I mean, it, I definitely was kind of like engulfed on Twitter too. I mean, I was. It was for the media, the hype, like we all loved to be a part of that. So it definitely, I feel like there were parts of, or like times where we probably were guilty and complicit in the sense of like posting things that didn't need to be posted or making comments that didn't need to be made. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I feel like you and I both had those like about faces, like, okay, how is this helping anybody, especially ourselves? You know, like, it's yeah, anything. It's not bettering anyone. It's not making anyone look at us any differently. Like, people are laughing at us, not with us type of like realization. So it was just like, I don't know, time to like focus on something different and time to like put my energy towards something else. Cause trying to fit into whatever this is is just not gonna work for me. Yeah, and and like I I'm even at the point now where I only use Twitter to like look at news. I don't I don't tweet anymore. I don't um, you know I, at this point I just I, I barely tweet anymore. And I just um, I mean I just used to look at news like compared from like here to high school. I mean high school like I was on there like every day like posts and shit like every day and like just. Um, I don't know. It was like pretty toxic, and I feel like it would just get like a rile at everyone if I didn't get a certain amount of likes. Yeah, of course, um, there was all that shit. But um, you know, and I, I, I'm surprised that you got called into the office because, like, I never did. I mean, do you do you think yeah. that's no? I honestly, the principal had like 
pinned me as the like um I'm trying to think of the correct words for it like the rebel rouser like he like had marked my social medias and would wait for me to post things or like say things because he thought that I was always a part of like the business which I I don't know. Ask my mom. Maybe she would agree with that and say that was, I was. Was this Johnson? Was this? Yeah, uh, it's funny because Johnson and I had like a great relationship. Like we did, but at the same time, like I don't know. I felt like I. It was interesting because I also remember like my freshman sophomore year, there were significantly more black kids than there yes. were my junior and senior year, and I hung out with more black kids my freshman and sophomore year, and I feel like I got my like I was in trouble more often. Not in trouble, but found myself in the principal's office having conversations that I feel like most kids didn't have, you know, like I remember one time um, this other black girl and I, she moved um, away from the school. We were walking down the hall, kind of singing a song, like being as loud as anybody else. And a girl in front of us was like, can you guys like not yell? Like you guys are being so ghetto, so loud. And I just kind of looked at her and she was wearing like, I don't know, some emo, like she had a whole look on with the fishnets and everything. And I was like, wear your ripped fishnets and your dark eyeliner and we can be ghetto or whatever. Something about that like triggered her and she called her dad and her dad called the school. The school called my mom. And like, that was like the first day of school, like freshman year in high school. Yeah. And I got in trouble because apparently you're not supposed to like aggressively talk to people, but she literally had just called my friends and I ghetto for singing like in the hallway. Um, So that's fucked. That's so. I guess we can we can we can go into race here because you know you. I feel like um, I, I and and I I hate to say it, but like I I mean we we had in my graduating class like two people of color. I think yeah. Uh, and from my understanding, I'm I'm sure there's more, but like it's it's I, from your from your experiences. Like other than that, obviously you had more experiences that because I mean it was just like absolutely it, it it was it was racist it was racist it was um I but mean, not like the string you up kkk conventionally racist the way people like to think racism is it was more of like the suburban typical like mutter under your breath making comments like cultural racism that people don't even realize is around them until they're like have to like stop themselves from saying the n-word in front of black people like that is racist yeah. whether or not you want to think about that you know like um that's the kind of racism that I feel like we were like growing up around and for a long time I lived in like Oswego since I was eight years old it really didn't occur to me that race was such a like prominent inquisitive factor in people's brains until like probably around 15 or 16 like I remember hearing the comments in junior high and again like dealing with some of the little things but it was around 15 or 16, I feel like when we all started to find our like selves or like you start to be on that like path to discovery, like kids got emboldened and like in a way that was like, oh, I won't say it directly to her or around her, but like, I'll say it to people she knows or like, I'll say it in a, in a party that she's at. And so it'll travel, it'll trickle down, you know, it was just weird things. And I know majority of the kids that I'm thinking of that make these kinds of like errors I'll give them the benefit of the doubt they weren't thinking they're you know you're just being a part of an environment and a culture that like allows that and like that's okay that's cool no one's gonna be looked at differently or looked down upon because there aren't enough of me to put blame and onus on you you know so for a long time I felt like I was trying to figure out a way to make myself comfortable while also making other people around me comfortable 
And then I just kind of hit this moment where I was like, I don't care. Like, there's nothing about any of these people that is going to make me better in life. Like, and trying to please them or like fit into a culture that isn't exactly like representative of me or like inclusive of me or who I want to be. Like, it was definitely weird. Like, I, I definitely would say it's weird. And I'm probably like, the most comfortable I have been like in my life in terms of like who I am as a person, you know, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think what really helped me in high school, like branching out and just deciding to kind of like be on my own and like be more willing to call out things was like seeing my younger sister and like all the younger kids in junior high and just thinking like, oh my God, they're going to go through this. Like they're going to experience this and it's going to be worse because, you know, kids are only getting more emboldened. Like we're only getting more expressive. We're only becoming like meaner to each other. So, and I just know my sister, like as feisty as she is, like she just doesn't deserve to be, she's such a sweet person, like way nicer than I am. So I'm like, nobody gets to talk to her like that. So I just felt like it was important to create a conversation around that and be like, no, you guys need to realize like, this is a problem. And I knew that people that were not a part of it were going to be the most responsive. Mm-hmm. Like when I wrote that article for the newspaper, like I knew it was going to be like teachers and parents and people that had nothing to do with it coming to me like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry. Like, first of all, don't apologize to black people. (laughs) Like if something happens, like it didn't specifically happen to them. Like that's just, you don't need to do that. But yeah, um, I feel like people were just like in awe that someone was saying anything. And that was like, okay, that's great. But don't be in awe at that. Be in awe at the fact that your kids like say these things and like treat other people this way based off of skin tone. Like, I feel like a lot of parents would be surprised at like how their kids really like acted or thought or like things they said in high school. And majority of it, like I said, was for shock value, but they learned it from somewhere. Like they got the idea that that was okay from somewhere, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then touching on that article he wrote, I was not at that football game. Um, I... I don't know. I, I just ended up being very antisocial with everyone because I, I at a certain point I was just like I don't feel like comfortable with this school. I just like I didn't go to um, like the the week of graduation. You know how they have like all the shit like the sleepover and oh yeah, uh, I didn't do any of that stuff either. Don't worry. Yeah, or like the field trip after. Never felt connected and comfortable enough to go do that sleepover or. And it's funny because I literally like Spencer, I went to school with these kids since elementary school. And I see some of these kids even in college as seniors, as 22 year olds. And like these people will still see me on the street and like walk straight by me as if like we haven't known each other or seen each other for decades growing up in the same town, you know, weird things yeah. like that. our the town we're from is very clicky and very like, I yes. think a lot of it comes from people though, not being comfortable enough to branch out. Like we just yeah. live in a very comfortable place and people aren't really like exploring that themselves or like other people that much yeah and I, I mean like um and, and we'll get back to that football game but I um so like when I when I got when I went to when I moved to LA my junior year uh basically you know I had history class with uh, a group of people and one of the guys was like oh you need to come hang out with us and I said sure fine that sounds cool and I went and I hung out with him and I became close with him and it was like a group of eight people and we'd go hang out like every um every you know pretty much day after school and you know we'd go do shit and um at that point I think I was just so I'm trying to think um I was just sober and I think the idea of like smoking pot and uh you know like partying a fuck ton I just wasn't about that and this is like what they did like constantly 
I mean, now that I'm 22, it's quite different, but um, it's just like at that point and they, and I wouldn't like smoke with them. I wouldn't do any of that shit. And then by December, they just kind of like broke off contact with me and they stopped like inviting me places. And that's definitely like clicky. And um, it took like one girl in the group basically saying to me, she was like, you need to go find new friends. He's, she was like, these guys are being so shitty to you. And, um, you know, uh, a couple of them were still nice to me. And like Montana and Galileo were great to me, but like everyone else, it was like, I, you know, didn't fucking talk to them anymore. That's because Galileo and Montana are actually nice guys. Those are two guys I've known since I was a kid. And those are actually really nice people. It's just funny because that's how LO is. If you can't find a culture or a custom to click into in one of the groups, like you're not going to have a click of friends or a set of friends. And I th- I feel like you're right. For a long time, it was. It's weird because I remember like at first nobody was doing like smoking pot. Nobody was drinking. Everybody was like super like straight edge and then there was like a time when it shifted and everybody became like oh like we only party now people that I would never imagine it like going to parties would show up at like Chitra's house like Mm -hmm. like, the craziest people I'd never even imagined like straight laced kids in your grade and I'm like wow this is wild so it's just so crazy to me to think that like you didn't fit in per se to a group because you chose to like withdraw or like abstain from something you know like and I just think how cliche of this like the suburb that we live in to like disclude you because you didn't want to partake like that is the corniest shit I've ever heard like yeah and it's just annoying because I'm sure that at you at 16 you know 17 you're like damn like I'm not cool enough for these kids because I don't smoke weed like and those kids are nothing you know so it's just it's yeah high school man yeah it, it was just it was just shit I mean I, I love, I love how, like, you know, it flipped on for, like, my class and, like, yours class. The class below us, I feel like they were just, like, tweakers from, like, day one. Like, I feel like my the class. There is, like, four classes below us, and she, like, that, oh, my gosh, I worry about our generations to come, because I swear, they're, like, partying and hanging out and doing all the same shit we were doing at, like, freaking 14 and 15. And yeah. Like, whoa, like, okay have fun like not her per se but just like her class you know like yeah absolutely absolutely and um so going back to groups and cliques and caucasian people um (laughs) so we'll we'll touch back on that so that football game so um would do you would you like to describe what happened at this infamous football game that caused you to write the um famous article yeah okay so honestly the only thing that i really remember from the football game is um ASB like had their like prep songs going or maybe it was in the middle of the game I don't even remember it was a break of some sort or we were just starting and ASB was playing music out of their speaker into the crowd and we were all having a good time like it was good songs like playing party in the USA and then they put on um gold digger instead of playing the clean version no they played the clean version but of course nobody sang the clean version so there's just like this entire sea of white kids just yelling like hard R N word. Like it was not even like, I don't know. It was so weird for me. I didn't even know how to like really consume it because I'm part of me is like, Oh, these are my friends. Like I'm supposed to like be okay with it. But then also I'm like, I can hear my mom and my like dad in the back of my head, like thinking like, what in the hell? Like, why? Like, what is this? Like, I can't believe people around you are doing this. The most embarrassing part, though, it wasn't even like my own like reactions or thoughts. It was like the black parent that came out of the parent section, walked over to the student section, 
looks at all the kids like what are you guys doing looks at chris hill like what are you doing like this is what you're allowing and i just kind of thought about that like damn that's embarrassing like a parent has to come over and tell an administrator and the student body like present like those are the people that are supposed to be the leaders of the school they need to know better you know what i mean like completely inappropriate and it just kind of like in that moment showed me the deafness of our community like we don't see people in our own community, but we love the culture of other things. We love like hip hop and we love like the flashy and the cool, but like we don't even recognize that there are like black people in our community that are not associated with that kinds of stuff in any way, you know what I mean? And so for me, I just realized, I think that was like a turning point is like, I don't wanna be associated with ignorant white kids. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> as plain as that. As you should. And I, I thought it was fucked too, because there was, a, you wrote that article about it and that made, it, it made so much sense to me. The fact that, um, you know, you, you called everyone out and it was the right thing to do because if, if nobody called them out, it would still be an issue. But the fucking thing that pissed me off is that it was such an issue at the beginning of the year and then at the end of the year when they were having like a pep rally they fucking played gold digger again, again. over schubert and i was like what the fuck is y'all's issue like it's, are yeah, it's the tone deafness of the administration the tone deafness of our community we're very defensive and very reactive as people white people especially are very defensive and reactive especially now because mm -hmm. um Nobody wants to be racist. Nobody wants to be accused of being racist. But the reality is, is like, if you have to consciously like think about not saying the N word, mm, I'm looking at you funny. Yeah. If you have a comment on someone's socioeconomic status or like things like, it, it's just, I don't know. There are certain things I feel like I grew up with hearing and I just, I've never heard those things in other communities. I don't go home and I, I don't hear those things. I don't you know, go to other places and like, I just, it's crazy to me. Some of the things I think about that I heard or I just kind of sat back and like witnessed or listened and just took it in instead of saying something in the moment. And I think that was a big reason for me too, why I wanted to publish the article was because I felt like in my life living in LO, I had sat back way too much. I had been complicit in way too many situations. I was making myself look kind of like a Stacey Dash. I felt like at that like moment, like, and I didn't want to be a part of this. I didn't want people to look back at this and be like, look at this racist community and all of the like suburban black people that are, you know, soliciting and agreeing with all of that stuff because I'm not one of those people and I never will be. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, like, it, and it's such a contrast because I, so the, the first high school I went to and growing up with people, um, I mean, I went to a high school of about 3000 kids and it was, Half people, Charlotte, North Carolina. That's right, North Carolina. I knew you're from the South. I just couldn't quite remember where. It's, I I don't carry any, I don't have like, I mean, I say y'all. No, you really don't carry one at all. Neither does Rodney. It's funny because you guys are both from North Carolina. Yo, Rodney, I miss Rodney. No, I, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you said you miss him means you have not been around him. <laughs> like you, that's weird that you would say that. Rodney, uh, I'm, I'm I forgot you guys used to be like really good friends though. We we were really close because yeah. the first day, the first day um, I was at, um, I was touring LO, we sat down and Rodney came and sat down next to me and my mom and his mom sat down and his mom and my mom started talking 
and they they they're just like, "Where are you from?" In Charlotte, North Carolina. And Rodney's mom like looked at my mom and was like, "What the fuck? Like you're from Charlotte, North Carolina too?" And uh, so Rodney and I kind of we didn't really talk until like the middle of the year, but we, um, you know, uh, good old good old Long Rod. He was just you know he's he's such a goofball. Oh um, my god. Have you seen him in a while? How's he doing? Oh, no, I haven't seen him probably since, like, I don't know, last year or something. He's good. I don't know. I think he's, like, doing his thing, whatever that is. Like, <laughs> I keep up with his girlfriend more than I keep up with him, honestly. They're in oh, he has a girlfriend? Yeah, he does. He's been seeing this girl for a while now. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they live in Hawaii together. He goes to school down there, so. They, they live in Hawaii together. Wow. Oh, times I, I love seeing where everyone is now. Like I love right. I I like seeing people successful, but there's another part of me that's like I love when people that we went to high school with like aren't doing well too. Like that's like my kind of my other favorite thing. Like I wish well for everyone. Until we all have to go home and college is over. That's what I can't wait for. Let me see people post college. I don't really care Yo. what you're doing right now because everyone's like, oh like living my life, going to Europe. I'm going everywhere like okay have fun like yeah yeah and it's it's like in three years let me see you at the reunion let me see what you're up to yeah it's just like you have all these trust fund babies and they're um you know they're they're going off and they're doing shit and you see they're like interning at like some like company right now and it's like me you and Shannon are fucking back here grinding like doing shit and it's just like it blows my mind that like these guys are going to come back and it's like I'm already doing well for myself I'm living on my own I'm not staying with my parents you know and you know it's it's just just everyone that's gonna do well I'm not here to shit talk and say everyone in LO is horrible and everyone people that really were good to me know they don't have to worry that this is not a message for them people that you know who this is for like I don't even mm-hmm. need to explain that because I don't want, I don't I don't want to hear any messages I don't want people to dm me later on being like Cameron I can't believe you like do you really feel that way about people like no if we are in good contact and good space like you don't apply in this group so I'm just I agree with you on there that. <laughs> that's that's the same thing I mean there's there 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 are good people there's always good people wherever you go and um, you know, Ello, they were great people. I mean, like you, Shannon, you know, my friend Sophie, Becca. Uh, uh, Sophie's a really sweet girl. Becca's Sophie's- really cute. Becca Jesperson, is that who you're talking about? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I think she should be on soon. But like those, I mean, honestly, like I'm still in contact with like you four and then like everyone else. I mean, I barely talk. I, I like run into them like every once in a while. And that's always fun, like running into people that you've like seen before. And obviously, you know, we talked about that. But like with me, it's like, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, if I see someone I know that I went to high school with at like the grocery store, like I'll fucking like beeline and I'll just like avoid them. See, that's so funny because for me, my first instinct is when I see people I know, I'm, I want to say hello. I always want to be like, oh, what's up? Like, hi. Like, I like the idea of being a part of communities. Like, I mean, like, mm-hmm. if I know you, I'm going to say hello. I'm not a stranger. But a lot of people are strangers here. Like half yeah. the school goes to Oregon with me and half the school continues to ignore me. It's so, and I don't even care anymore. Like I don't even do it out of like, I hope they notice me. I do it out of just common courtesy, but it's just weird to think like, I don't know. I used to be so worked up or like fixated on the idea that like in high school, because I didn't have like, um, wasn't, I didn't feel like I was a part of like a clique or a group of people. And like, I, 
didn't have that constant connection with like a, a, a squad per se like um but I realized it's like there's amazing people like outside of LO and like outside of our bubble in the circle and like you don't need to be trapped in that or think that that's all there is and I always try to encourage my sister to think of that because I hear like she goes through some of the same things that I went through in high school just not really feeling like she's quite in place and it's not to say that she didn't have she doesn't have friends or like I didn't have friends or I didn't feel popular it's like there's just certain things you know when you're the only one when you're the one of one like it's it's a little more taxing than it is to just like you know grow up and so um it's nice to come here and finally meet people that are very similar in terms of like experiences or not and then just like relatability on the fact that we're just two black girls growing up in Oregon and Eugene like that's great like I love that I've been able to make those kinds of connections and I can focus on those because those are really important to me but yeah as far as like the strangers and the people that I know from LO that I don't talk to or like don't talk to me down here like I've just I'm at peace with it I really don't care like we weren't really friends to begin with if we don't speak you know what I mean like yeah And it's amazing. It's interesting to see the people who do reach out post high school. Like it's people that you really wouldn't necessarily think. Like I always kind of assumed you and like obviously Shannon, people like that would be close. But I've had people that I didn't ever think would talk to me post high school that like we keep good relationship and good contact with. And I I think it's just people that have treated me well. And obviously, and I, I think with my personality, it's I'm nice to everyone, but I also get a lot of like shit back. Um, like through, you know what it is, Spencer? I really think it's just because you being like a very nice man, like the guys we grew up with are just douchebags. Like they don't know how to process like what it means to be like a nice human being because like they don't have that role model or something. Something is not like clicking because. I just, I don't understand how anybody could ever be mean to you or like not want to be your friend. You are so friendly and like not in a corny way that makes people feel weird. Like you're a cool guy. So it's always so weird to me to hear, like, I hate that you had that experience in high school. Cause that's just like, our town was way smaller than like, you know, what we yeah. and And I've come to peace with it. I mean, I, and, and like I said, I mean, I, and like you were saying that there's outside the bubble. I mean, I've made my best friends outside of like a school high school. Like it's like the people that I've worked with. I mean, my roommate is my best friend and he, um, you know, I worked at a restaurant with him for two years and it's like, I, I meet just these fantastic people outside of high school. And I still have people that I fucking dislike and I fucking disagree with, but that's, you know, you're going to go through life with that. You're going to go through life with shitheads and, like, I mean, um, it, there's just, there's just always going to be that. And I'm just kind of at a, you know, mentality where it's like, if you don't like me, cause I used to, I used to want to be friends with everyone. I used to always want to be like, Hey, I gotta, you know, be nice to this person. You know, how can I get this person to like me X, Y, and Z. And now I'm just like at a point where I'm like, okay, I don't need to fucking, you know, waste my time on this. What's the point of wasting my time on this? I have people that love and care about me and it's um you know like like you like I I don't like we don't talk every day we don't we we talk to each other we're in a good space enough where we can pick up as if like you know we have talked every day or something like that and those are kinds of relationships and friendships that we really I feel like are the most important are the ones that don't pressure you or like demand a lot of you you know like yeah 
Absolutely, absolutely. Right now, we don't need to be forceful and picky and pushy and needy on our friends. It's good to have people, but no, yeah, of course. And like you know, I mean, it, it's like you know, if you, if if you post a gorgeous selfie, I'll fucking gas you the fuck up. Like it's <laughs> it's just like that's the relationship you know I love having with people, and it's like you have all these connections in your life, and it's like um you know and and you and I think it's also like personality wise too I think personality wise it's like you know it's it's not just like uh hey hello it's like oh did you fucking see these shoes that just dropped da, da, da. Yeah, exactly. it's not um, we do have so much of like a similarity in things that we like that it's very easy for us to just pick back up and like I mean whether it be music or like culture yeah. or like fashion things like yeah exactly that's always been nice so speaking of that what uh what are your uh top albums so far uh I guess or maybe not albums I guess what what are you grooving to what are you jamming to tell me tell me what you're jamming to oh this is so okay it's funny because my boyfriend is like he's in the music industry he's he is he does music management yeah and like advertising and marketing and all that good shit we always talk about how like there's like no good new music anymore and I don't know if it's because we're like getting old or something and like music it just isn't hitting the ears the same or like I have to so agree with you I find myself like re-listening to things that I fell in love with like forever ago you know like I I just listen to my old faves yeah I agree with you and it's like I I get hyped for this the last album that I truly loved that I truly vibed with was uh alfredo like from last oh my year God, alfredo was so good bro oh my gosh and it's crazy because nobody even likes freddie gibbs like that i don't know why. I, I fucking love I freddie gibbs freddie. after alfredo i would go to a freddie Gibbs concert like that like he's so good to me and cameron let's go let's go i i dead ass the day that freddie gibbs okay. goes on tour i'm going like fucking vip i want to take pictures with that man great no that would be great that would be great. I'm sure he'd bring Schoolboy Q along with him or something. At least Alchemist for sure, because he produced that album. But I would, I would, and, and if they don't win the Grammy, I'm gonna riot. But like, I don't know, like albums like that recently came out, like whole yeah. lot of red ass. No, like, I didn't even really listen to it. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't I even try to get through it, and it was just ass. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking through what else I liked, but. You know- new artist alert this guy named slow tie i'm not he's new to me not i like slow tie i like slow tie new album was really good uh, like i love skepta and like anything with skepta you'll get me so i'm like oh what is this song with skepta yeah i I liked um i liked maza or is it maza or maza or yeah um, i like that one with rocky yeah yeah, i thought canceled and there was another one too oh feel away I got obsessed. I've been listening to Mount Kimby like no other. My my music taste has really been like very like EDM, not EDM. That's like so wrong. It's been very house vibes. Like I've been listening to a lot of house music and a lot of like James Blake instrumental type beats. <laughs> so Mount Kimby is one of those artists. It's very James Blakey, but it's like great. I love it. It's like if James Blake and Sampha and um, what's that dude? fucking yeah sayer had a baby that's what mount kimby would be um that's kind of the music i've been on honestly like a lot of just random like house shit and um channel trice just dropped an album called i can't go outside channel trice 
you need to listen. That's the house music I've been listening to mainly. Is his okay. Show. Okay. Uh, last album that really got me excited. Let's see here. Channel Trace. Okay. You have to listen to um, on the album I Can't Go Outside, listen to Skate Depot. Skate Depot. Okay. That song you should think of me. Oh, Tyler the Creators? Oh, I'm going to love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He's like a pretty cool dude. He's pretty known. You'll like his music. If- I'm sure I will. If Tyler's on there, I I mean, like, I, I just, like, I don't know. I just, I can't get into it. Like, I'll, like... You like, have to find the vibey, groovy. I really like groovy house music. Like, anything that's okay. be very, like, bass-heavy. Honestly, EDM is, like, built off of house music. And house music is, like, it originated in Chicago. Like, in a black club somewhere. Like, you know that video I posted on my Insta of Kanye West doing his, like, rendition? His, like, EDM rendition of, um, I don't know, one of his church songs. You, have you ever seen that video? I was he was he like standing over the keyboard? Yeah, kind of yeah. like, yep. Actually, I, I something about that video had sparked me into going into this like long like period of like EDM. I've been like discovering black EDM artists. That's been my thing is like finding like the originators of like good house music and like Chicago house and stuff. So. Yeah, I, I've been listening to a lot of um, and it's a playlist on Spotify. I hate to be corny, but it's like um, it's like the music that like Kanye samples and like Jay-Z samples and um it's just like I've yeah like I love listening to like samples and like you know seeing where like this shit comes from and like that's why I've like gotten into like soul music like Otis Redding and James Brown and fucking um I'm trying to think who else uh trying to find another person larry graham uh curtis mayfield like, yeah, Curtis Mayfield, that's one of my favorites yeah it's like i and i love you know music from that i just can't i can't get into a lot of like like for instance like jedi i love jed i love jed when he uh, came like out there. when he first came out i loved him and now it's just like he's ass like i can't there's certain music that just sounds either too similar like that in that realm of music, like yeah, JID, I don't really care for. Um, who's the other one? Saba, like they all kind of sound the same. Afterwards. Saba, uh, like Smino. I love Smino. No, see, I love you Smino. Smino? We have to keep separate from everyone else because Smino's great. Yeah, Smino's fire. I've, I've I've tried and I need to just get. You really back don't like into Smino, it. really? I need to I need to get back. I need to listen to more of him. I've tried and I'm just like, eh, I can't. Oh no, no, I think maybe you just like we're going through a weird phase and you're listening too much of that blend. Because I understand if you listen to too much JID and Smino and Baz and like all those people like at the same time, it's mad annoying. It's like mad repetitive. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, singularly, and- Smino is fucking great, man. Like you'll okay. you'll love Smino. Um, what's your What's your favorite Smino album? Oh God, I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head. That's like not how my brain works anymore. I'm like discovering, I'm not discovering. My boyfriend likes to point it out. I literally have the worst memory. Like I couldn't think of anything to save my life. I do too. It's okay. It's it's all. I don't know what that's from, but. Um, I'm trying to think who else, um, who I can't stand recently. I'm trying to. Let me see. I think like. You know who I can't fucking stand anymore is um, Travis Scott. 
any any shit no i don't like his new music but the other day i was listening to days before or not days before i was just listening to radio and i was like god i love this album this album was fucking great maria i'm drunk do you remember yeah you remember when maria i'm drunk came out you know i did i didn't get into travis until bird's eye uh honestly yeah isn't that wild really it took you bird's eye to get into him it did, and I, I, that's when I started, and I've seen him twice, and I just, I, I love my favorite, my favorite oh, Travis Scott song. Oh, Pharaoh, OG, none of that shit. I need it, I fucking need to listen to Pharaoh, that's just the shit I need to listen to, that, um, I'm trying Days to think. Before. Have you never heard Days Before? Bro, honestly, I don't know how you became a Travis Scott fan off of fucking uh, Birds, because Days Before Radio is the best thing that he's ever put out. Hands down. I, I love Mama Sita. Mama Sita is my favorite Travis Scott song. Drugs You Should Try is the best, like, <laughs> Travis Scott song. Either that one or Impossible or, um... oh, I can't think of it. It's off that album. Mm. We'll, we'll think of it. We'll think of it. Okay. So uh, the one concert we both were at was Action Bronson. And can oh we discuss God. which one? The first one or the second one? The second one. I wasn't at the first one. I wish I was at that first one when he signed your phone. But no, it was the second one where I was back with. I don't even know what you're talking about. You remembered the action Bronson signed my phone, bro. Like you have amazing memory. Dude, I, I was like, I you I just remember seeing and that. Alchemist and Alchemist. I was so drunk. Alchemist signed your phone? I literally just threw my phone up there and was like, I need you guys to sign my phone. And they just signed it and gave it back. Dude, the fucking Alchemist wasn't at the second one. I was so pissed. Yeah, I was no, like, he was at the first one. It was fucking great. It was that so that, that show was cool. the second one wasn't too bad. Um, sure. The crowd was kind of whack. Um, crowd was a bunch of beer. Okay, so for that concert, I took my for my dad's birthday. I like took my family to it because we all listen to Action Bronson and like we love him. So my parents were there, and my mom was in the front with my sister, like up against the fucking stage. Oh. Yeah, and that crowd of big, sweaty, burly white guys. I know, it was so funny. And there's my mom, just like middle-aged, like white woman, just going crazy in there. And then my little sister next to her. And then me I, and my sister, my sister stayed in the back. And that's like where I saw you. It was like near the Yeah, back. and I remember, I remember going there, showing up. We were in the middle of the crowd. And there was this dude in front of us. I don't know if he was on something. I don't know if he had special issues. But he was like getting way too fucking hype for like the fucking um like rock marciano or like mayhem or something like that it was so weird because the album that he was like performing was mad chill too yeah it was dude bronco was i I don't know i liked you you like bronco oh i did i did i liked bronco i mean i just like anything he does i love listening to his voice but for me, what I liked about Broncos, you can tell he's getting experimental. Yeah, and and like I think there's like stuff that he's I, he's the best performer of, of. He's a great performer. He really is, but also in his songs, like he's like he's very theatrical in his music, and I think that's what I like about him. Like all the skits he does when he brings his mom in on like half his like songs and shit. Like I love when he does stuff like that. I think it's great. I love. I mean, like I love his show. I love. I mean. Only oh, yeah. for dolphins, I I have to say, like I laughed at a comedy album and I was just I, or a rap album. I thought that it was. I think the dolphins one was pretty shitty. But you know what I think? He I just agree. Skinny. He's like yeah, getting skinny 
having a baby like I think he's just a little focused on different things like you can tell his life is transitioning like he's becoming a little bit of a different person yeah and he's he's starting to um like they're they're still gonna do like fuck that's delicious like he was doing that with vice and then um have you read about like vice's like contracts and shit at all so vice apparently and like this was with maddie matheson too the cook um maddie matheson he's his show is so funny oh it's my favorite and fucking so bronson so basically how vice works is when you sign a contract they say so like if cameron you came to a show and you put it on the table and they're like okay we want to buy it basically what they do is they say this is our final offer right at the start they say we'll pay you you know 60k and that's it and they won't move past their and they're like so strict with their contracts and shit and like you can't get out of it apparently um and you're i don't know and there's just like a lot of like not i don't know if it's creative control maybe but it's just like it's like a shitty contract apparently and they're like really shitty people to work with but um so surprising because everyone remember like when vice used to be like oh i want to work at vice oh oh, yeah like no you don't no and and like bronson said like you know oh i love vice like the fuck that's delicious is still um you know under my name but i don't think he's working with like body or uh like mayhem really for from what i understand i guess they're doing their own shit because of the contract yeah and then i i looked at body's instagram the other day he's losing weight too he's not like big Oh like, really? Still I, like, have, I don't. I only follow. You know what's funny? I don't even follow Action Bronson. I follow his baby mama, and that's how I keep tabs on him. Oh, she's. I her. I love how holistic she is, and she's just how. Her, I know she, like, reminds me to be a yogi, ohm, calm individual, like every day, and like not be a spaz because she's so chill. Yeah, and she's just. She seems like such a good mom, and I mean, obviously, you know. I mean, Bronson, I'm sure is a good dad, but like, she just seems like she's so, I mean, she's like one with the earth. Like she's, she knows like yeah, what she's. It's funny. But, it's like, I don't know. I love it. I love it too. It's, it's, it's wholesome. It's great. She's doing good. And um, I'm glad he lost a bunch of weight. I mean, it's, um, I wish I had that determination, but man, it's, it's incredible. I mean, I guess if you have, you know, a bunch of like, yeah a bunch of money and uh you know you're not doing shit then uh yeah and he probably also has like some sort of health condition that's forcing him to lose weight because i honestly like he doesn't really seem like the type to like want to be on a better lifestyle like he prides himself in being like the foodie monger like that's like his thing is like being big man chef so it's weird to me that he's like I mean, it's good that he's losing weight and getting healthy, but I also think that was, like, part of who, like, his chef persona, at least, was being, like, you know. Yeah, being, and being, like, a certain, like, you don't even see, like, him posting, like, videos of him, like, taking dabs or, like, smoking weed anymore. Yeah, exactly. He's, like, completely flipped over to a different person. It's kind of crazy. Good for him. We'll, We'll meet him one day. We'll sit down and have lunch with him one day, Cameron. That's the, that's the goal. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? That'd be cool. I, I would you know there's a certain list of people that like I definitely want to meet before you know I die or you know have on the podcast that would be you know Bronson's definitely one of them Harsh and Bronson would be a great interview definitely should do that at some point I will for you know and I'll, 
Uh, thank you. I will. And I'll, I'll call you to, uh, you know, come and listen in there. I love it. <laughs> like that. So, and then uh, another love we have, I guess, is fashion. And uh, what was your shoe of 2020? Dude. Okay. Uh, like your favorite drop, I guess. Yeah. I'm really trying to think about that one. 2020 was a very year of the dunk which i don't care for what's so funny to me is how the dunks are becoming popular when i was a kid if you wore dunks or any sort of like nike high tops you were considered ghetto but now they're getting trendy so that's so funny um i'm just looking at my shoes real quick no go for it if if I mean, if I had like a stupid amount of money, I'd buy the Jerry Garcia or the fucking Ben and Jerry's ones. Oh, yes. I forgot about the Grateful Dead ones. I would do it just out of my pure Grateful Dead heart. Like I'm a deadhead at heart. So I like, I would mm-hmm. love to do that. They were ugly though in person. Like they're so chunky. You would not yeah. want to wear them around. Yeah, no. And I, I agree with that. I mean, I just don't fucking, um, I mean like, and, and they're like stupid money and it's like, I, I've just like gotten out of like cl- like sneakerhead life. I mean, I I still have like twenty pairs of shoes. And oh, I have tons of shoes, but I have not bought. Them. I didn't buy a single pair of shoes last year. I I the only pair of shoes I think I got was for Christmas, and those were my Doc Martens, and I just fucking wear those for work, and that's about it. So uh, yeah, yeah, I have not bought a pair of shoes like 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 hype shoes. Like I don't buy shoes. I don't buy hype shit anymore. That's like not anything I'm focused on anymore. It's so crazy because. I remember a time in my life where like I literally used to like be up at like 7 a.m. looking at all the drops like mm-hmm. figure out what like is like the coolest thing to have and like yeah and like weaseling people out of their shit like that was my favorite thing to do was like barter and trade and like sell hype shit but now I don't even care about any of it. Yeah, now, I mean, like, I was, I was, like, huge on, like, Yeezys, and, like, all through high school, I was, like, I want a fucking pair of Yeezys. The one thing I never got into was Yeezys. I mean, not that I didn't want to get into them, I just never purchased anything Yeezy. And I have, like, I have four pairs, but, like, I wear, I wear them in the summertime, but, like, I don't fucking wear them during the wintertime, because, like, A, one, one pair is white, and then it's just, like, that doesn't work, and then, like, another pair is, like, I thought like I'd fit into the 11, the, the size 11, but I don't. So it's just like, they're fucking uncomfortable. So I don't wear those. And then I don't know. I, it's just like, I have like, I don't care for like too much of the materialistic Would if I had stupid money, if I had like rapper money, would I buy a bunch of like Yeezys? Yeah, of course I would. But like, I don't fucking, I, swear I don't know. If I had rapper money, the only thing that I would consistently like go crazy on is cars yeah grills and my fucking hair bro like <laughs> every couple days that have some crazy new hairstyle like just flossing like and i'd have cute cars like i'd have really cute cars like i'm talking like i probably for like a good year i'd want like only 90s convertibles like Ooh. sexiness yeah exactly Ooh. Yeah, I love it. My like dream car right now. I, I've like been thinking about it since I was a kid, but I love the like '90s Mercedes. Like, I just like think they're Ooh. very CEO official looking. Like, I something clean about them. Ooh, girl. But no, seriously, if I had rapper money, that's what I'd do. It's just cars and hair and my nails. Cars, hail, hair, nails. I dig it. I dig it. Oh yeah. I would. 
I would do that. I mean, like, I'd buy a bunch of shoes. But, like, at the same time, I'm just kind of, like, I don't know. I, I've just I've just grown out of it. I don't yeah. you know. I, I have, like, I'll go to the employee store, like, every once in a while. Like, I'll yeah, buy clothes. It's been so long, like, it's been so long. I'll go, I'll go get, like, some clothes, but, like, I can never find fucking shoes that I want. I'm always, like, oh, these are kind of whack. Like, these are, you know, and they, it's, like, the same fucking, you know, five pairs of Roshis on the shelves, and it's just stupid shit. The last thing that I think the last shoe that I bought that I, like, had coveted for was the Stranger Thing Cortezes. Like, I wanted those so bad because they distress away into denim. Ooh. Ask me how many times I've worn them. Ask me how many times they've been on the fucking box. Like, maybe three times. Really? They're amazing, though. They're, like, this beautiful cream suede color. Like, it's, like, cream color. And, like I said, as you distress them, like, if you, like, you have to take, like, a tool to them, like, sandpaper or, like, something, and really go at them. But underneath, it's, like, all jean. It's all denim. It's Ooh. so good. I know. Ooh. I know, like, you need to look them up or something if you haven't seen them. They're fucking sick, bro. I love when they do that disappearing shit or, like, the uncover. Like, underneath, it's, like, a different design altogether. Like, I think that's so cool. Those are the last cool shoes I think I bought for myself. And some off-whites, like, the Vapor Runs, but I don't even, like, I've never worn those in my life. I'll never wear those. They're ugly. I bought them because it was a good deal. And I thought maybe they'll go up one day. I, I, it's, like, with the off-whites, like, Usually, the you can get your hands on, like, if you can get your hands on it at retail, it's, like, the ugly shit. So, it's, like, you don't even want it anyways. Yeah, like, I, I, I mean, like, at fucking, um, what's the shoe store downtown? Not Index. It's the other one. Bait? Bait? Yeah. Like, the fucking lines around oh, the corner? Yes. Yes. Just, like, and it's always, like, the same, like, fucking, like, sneakerhead, like, corny-ass nerds. And they're just, like. Yeah, like, it's too. Like, it's so funny. Like, it's, like, half, like sneakerhead like crowd that you recognize and then the other half is old like old heads like yeah it, it's just it's i don't know and it's i i just don't i don't have the patience for it anymore i mean like i if i'm gonna buy shoes i'll either like i know a guy who does it i know a buddy who can like get me shoes if i really wanted shoes but i would probably just like stock x them i'm just i'm not about it no, just, honestly that's like my boyfriend is like he wears a 14 so he like can't get the shoes he wants ever Oh, that's what he'll do is like stock extra shoe if he needs one. I think honestly, shoes. It's like one of those things you die at. My dad told me that he's like, you're gonna get over this eventually. Like shoes and all that shit. I used to be really into it, and then like one day you just get out of it because you realize everything is like comes out. Everything's brand new every month. There's something new all the time. There's like never like a drop that you're not gonna miss. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think half the hype of it is like really being able to say like, oh yeah, I got in on the drop more than it is like about the thing, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm now kind of at the point where I'm like, I would rather pay my bills and, you know, Here save up for yeah. a new car at this point where I'm just like, I would rather spend my money towards that than, you know, go cop a pair of Yeezys. And it's just like, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's just, you grow up and you realize shit, I've got light bills to pay for and like other yeah. things. Uh, I, I gotta, you know, feed my cats. I gotta do yeah, shit. It's, exactly. 
it's yeah and I've just kind of grown out of it I mean like yeah at one point I wanted to you know do the shoe design and whatnot but I just I just kind of was like yeah I'm not really about this anymore it's not something that you like have to like necessarily give up either like you could go back to shoe designing and doing that at any point in your life you know what I mean like yeah it would be dope if you did you definitely should but I totally understand what you mean like real life takes over and you have like priorities and responsibilities and you're just like not everything can be a fantasy for life like forever like you have to buckle down at some point and like find something that is going to work for you that like I don't know I feel like I know a lot of people right now that are like hitting this like ah what do I do like chicken in the road type of situation where it's like they want to follow like a, a passion or a love but there's no market for it or there's no industry for it or like they have no way of really like making it in there and so yeah. And, and it's like, I, I kind of look at life like, um, so like, for instance, like I sell gutters now and I fucking hate my job. And, but I, at the end of the day, I know I'm getting my degree right now and I don't need to do this forever. Like I'm upfront with my customers too. They're like, do you want to do this for the rest of your life? And I'm like, honestly, huh. no. Like That's why, why do I want to sell gutters? Do I make fantastic money from it? Yes. I make excellent money i make money that a 22 year old should not be making at my age but but um it's just like at the other hand it's like this is developing sales skills this is developing like you know to help me out with my future and it's there are people who i work with who you know are my age and they're like panicking they're like oh my god i gotta do this for the rest of my life and i'm like no this is a stepping stone bro like just look at it that way that's how I feel too. I like work in an industry where I'm very young for the position that I do. And it just makes me realize like, this is not a career I want to get stuck in. This is not a job I want when I'm 40. Like my coworkers are in their forties and fifties and they seem fucking miserable. So like, I'm definitely not staying here. Like, but it's good for like, it's good to have the exposure and to understand like there's more to it. And if you really want it, you have to go get it. Like it also shows me too. I feel like there are a lot of jobs that you can make decent money in that you probably just don't like. And that's the reality of like the work. Like everybody wants to love their job, but it's like, sometimes you just have to work. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Cause like I, I took this job. So I basically what happened, um, I was at the start of COVID, I was doing marketing for a window company and um basically um i'm trying to think what happened here oh and then covid shut everything down and they moved us to a call center and i was basically making calls for um you know calling people from a hockey game that they met two years ago and um it was just stupid and it was pointless and like my anxiety was up the wall and um i was at the point where you know, I was like, I'm desperate for anything. And I found this, you know, gutter sale job. And I was like, okay, what the fuck? What the hell? You know? And I took it and I hated it for months. But at the same time, I'm just like, you know, now I'm actually like good at it. Like now, like, you know, I, I used to sell like, you know, 20 to 30 K a month when I first started. And now it's like, I'm fucking selling like a hundred K a month. And it's like, you know, yeah. And it's like, there's, there's, if you stick with it and if you don't give up, you know, it's, and again, I look at it like I don't have to do this forever. And I think that's just the difference is it's like, people are so miserable. And I think that's just a huge part is that people look at things like, Oh, this is the end. This is the end for me. And it's like, no, you can go do other things with your life, you know? 
And there are so many adults that make full career changes in the middle of their lives. Like the way the world works right now, I just feel like there's no right answer. There's no right like path or solution for people to take. You know what I mean? Like we just live in a time where I feel like people can do not anything they want, but the options. Like, you know, you can be comfortable and live comfortably off of multiple sources of income. Like you don't have to just do one thing and have that one career. And I feel like for a long time, I was very stuck in that, like for school, like, oh no, like I have to get this like career job. I have to do these career things. And it's like, yeah, even going through school, like you want these things because you're getting the degree and you're earning it, but you realize like the real world is not set up in a way that it's like, gonna wait for you to graduate and then you can get a job and then you can you know start your life it's like there will be other avenues for you to take and like opportunities for you to explore and I think that people shouldn't be scared or hesitant to like explore a path that maybe their parents didn't take or um something that other people around them aren't necessarily doing and do you, do you think that's because of the community we grew up with at high school oh, where yeah. these people were like I think that's a lot of like I feel like I put a lot of like pressure on myself that I didn't realize because of the environment that I like grew up in, like this like community of people that are generational college kids. Like I'm on my dad's side, like the I'm not the first kid. My brother went to college, but I'm like the first kid to go through college and second kid to go through college and like do the whole thing. My dad went to school when he was an adult, like he went to college as an adult. And so I think a lot of people don't have that exposure realizing like there are adults in the world who work first and then go to school. It it doesn't have to look one way or like there are adults that start their careers, stop and start a whole new career. There are adults that don't even start careers until they're like fucking 50. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like the environment that we were raised in, like going to LO, it's a college prep school. Like it's deemed as a private school, but it's really like a college prep school. Like we are, prepared and trained into going into college like there's no options for kids that want to go into trade schools or different careers like my sister wants to become a chef and she's not really I mean she's going to college but it's it's a culinary institute program it's (laughs) not it's not college and I think like for a long time in my head I was like having this idea like oh no everyone needs to go to college you got to do the four-year plan because like how are you going to set yourself up for success otherwise it can be anything that you want and people are so successful in this day and age of like you can post a fucking video of yourself and like be signed the next day or like you know become a model the next day like I just think that people need to be willing to branch out and I say this because this is something that I've realized recently like it doesn't have to look one way to be right you know absolutely absolutely and uh you know, I mean, I think, um, I mean, with like myself, like I, you know, going to LO, I mean, you'd hear people and they'd be like, oh, I'm like just going to U of O. What a wholesome pup. Oh my God. See all that craziness just to like, I love him. Sleep. He's, He's such great. a gem. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I like, you know, growing up, it's like you in high school, you'd be like, oh, I'm just going to U of O or I'm just going to University of Oregon or uh, excuse yeah. me, OSU or Oregon. Chapman or you know like oh I'm trying to go to Berkeley or insane schools these are schools that most kids like I meet kids that didn't go to LO and they're like I worked my ass off to get in Oregon yeah our school like oh yeah this is my backup school yeah and then like like, you know like it's just it's fucked the way we think about things like we're so privileged as kids 
we have all this access and opportunity to get into things that we don't even understand. Like this is impossible for some people. This is like a really big thing for some people. And it, it has made me realize I need to be more grateful for things and just like yeah. more appreciative of the opportunities that my parents have given me. And also like that I've been able to figure out and find for myself as well and not feel like I always need to do more or be more or like there's no one thing that's going to look correct. And coming from LO, I feel like there's a lot of stress and pressure to like figure it out and like have the perfect family and the picket fence and like live in an LO community again, or like move back and raise your kids there. Like I'm, I used to think I wanted to do that, but my boyfriend's from New York and like, I have no plans of like staying on the West coast permanently, honestly. No, my, my, I would, first off, I'd never fucking send my kids to an LO school. I'd oh no, I wish like my mom, like my dad says like now knowing what he knows like he's like i'm sorry like we regret that but my parents i love an education like look at how smart you guys are like that's great i'm like okay sure i'll take it yeah my parents are like my parents are like i'm glad you got your degree but i'd never fucking live here if i had the choice and yeah no my my parents like they want to move like they love Portland they love Oregon my parents like we moved up here because my family like both my parents would travel up here for work being from Vegas mm -hmm. they fell in love with the seasons in Vegas you have seasons it's just like dry and hot all the time mm -hmm. yep it's cold and hot or like cold and sunny so when we moved up here like that was like the main reason it was like oh we're gonna move to this little town because of the good schools but it's like in Portland and like that's all, all my parents really knew it was like good schools close to Portland we have seasons and we have the fucking beach they didn't realize all the shit, the fact that like, you know, we came from a pretty like, I would say the suburb that I grew up in in Las Vegas was socioeconomically like a little underneath LO, like it wasn't as nice. I feel like my parents definitely have better jobs up here than they did in um, Vegas, but my, sub my suburb was completely diverse. Like I didn't hmm. have a lot of white people growing up in my neighborhood. Like my best friends growing up were like this Creole black girl and this Native American boy and this Mexican boy. Like huh. I didn't, it just like race to me didn't even like click into my brain until a white kid made yeah. it. Like it like, they're like, oh no, this is what you are. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like I'm I mean, not. that was, that was the first huge thing I noticed. Like going out, I was like, oh, there are no people of color here. This is all, this is like Cracker City. Like, it's you know, honestly, like even as a kid, like moving here eight years old, I didn't even think about it. None of that mm -hmm. stuff really occurred. Like it didn't click with me until probably junior high. That was when I realized I was different. I got my first boyfriend when I was in junior high and this guy is like really sweet. He went to high school with us. He's a nice guy. He's cool and all like, mm -hmm. obviously, we're fucking kids that's why we're not like a thing mm -hmm. but one of the comments he made to me when I, we were dating was like oh like I would never be like racist I'm so glad I have like a black girlfriend or like I don't know he made some comment to point out the fact that I was black and that that was okay with him as if it needed to be okay with him to to confirm his insecurities confirm that dating a black girl was okay because he probably was the first person in LO to date a black I don't know, but I never even thought about it until he put it in my head, like, oh, this is how white boys think. And honestly, I think from that moment on, it kind of just like turned me off from the idea of like, oh, LO guys like wouldn't want to like date me or see me. And I think a lot of girls of color, and like I talk about this with girls that 
went to school, like Maltop and I, we, we've talked about this before. Like we grew up thinking we weren't pretty or like attractive because boys in our area like never called us pretty or never liked us the way they liked other girls. And it's just because we were the only girls of color. And now it's funny because all the guys think like light skin or Middle Eastern girls are like so beautiful or so this like, it, and it's just kind of like a weird obsession. But like when we were in school, guys like literally would look the other way. Like it just, it was so weird to us. And so I don't know, growing up in LA, there was a lot of like expectations or like ideals of what you're supposed to be and I think over time you just kind of like try to figure out the best way to to adapt to them but after a while you realize you can't and it doesn't matter and like none of that matters so none of it fucking matters it really doesn't and I hope that all the like black kids that go to school now in LO realize like it doesn't matter like Bruce Poinsett is um one of the co-founders of this group called Respond to Racism and they're a community group in Lake Oswego. Okay. Bruce is honestly, he's the reason that I was even inspired to write the article. He was like, I was introduced to him by an, a history teacher. Did you ever have Miss um, PK, Miss Paxson Cluth? Yep, have her, love her. Fucking loved her. She's my favorite teacher from high school. Like I, nobody inspired me and ignited me more to be who I am than her. Like, her story, who she was, her fireiness, like to be an old little lady. And she just was so hyped about like, I loved her. I loved her energy. The world, like it just made me so happy. And like, honestly, she, I would become a teacher because of her. Like, I just think she's so cool. And she introduced me to Bruce Poinsett's article. He wrote an article originally. He's the OG article writer. Okay. He wrote an article about um, a basketball game where um, Ella was playing Jefferson and Ella started singing this chant hooked on phonics you can't read to all the like to the players yeah because they were black and Bruce wrote an article about it and like it didn't get as much traction I think just because like I don't know maybe racial tensions weren't as high during like when he was like graduating but yeah I just realized like damn the same shit is happening to me and he is in his like he's older he's in his 30s like he's as old as my brother like the fact that the same thing like happened generationally over and over again, like I just like wanted that to end. And obviously it hasn't ended. Like I still hear the stories. I still like see the things that are going on, but to know that there's a group now, like respond to racism and like all the communities, like Sonoma's a part of the BSU at Lake Ridge. Like to see that those kinds of things are happening. Like, I think that's great. We're putting awareness on people and we're forcing the communities in our schools to like do something different about it. And I really want to see that like continue to change. Like I would love to come back to LO and like help be a part of that and like figure out the best way to like foster a better like equity conversation within our schools. Because do you remember, like, I don't know if this was a thing when you were a senior, but when I was a senior, we had these things where they would like have like a diversity or like an equity like time during our class. Do you hear my dog? Is he snoring? Yeah, is he, that? I'm sorry if you do. No, no, I don't hear it. He's let, let him snore. He deserves He's snore. So I do not remember uh, any of that. Uh, okay, having. so we had these things like during senior year where like we would stop for like 45 minutes out of like one week of the month and we would talk about some of the like diversity issue or equity issue. Kids would just make fun of it. Like 
they thought it was so stupid and that's the shit that I hated was when people made fun of things and thought that it was a joke like what is funny about learning how other people like process and develop and experience the world like what is funny about learning under like different perspectives I'm intrigued by it I love to understand the way other people learn Mm -hmm. like black people inherently have to learn how white people do and be and operate because we have to move around you so why can you not take the 20 seconds to just learn about the few people in your community that like just need the validation you know because we know it's not going to change how you talk or the things you talk about or the words you say but like it's some sort of like acknowledgement and recognition publicly that like yes these things like are a problem you know absolutely absolutely Cameron. it sucks i honestly like i it's annoying because i don't like being that person that like only talks about race issues I hated being that. Like by the time I was a senior, I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to go into journalism. I don't want to be known as like a black issues reporter. Like I don't want to, but it's important for communities like LO to understand certain things. And I feel like no one has the patience to talk to LO in the way they need to be talked to. Or I don't know. What do you think? To, to be honest with you, I I and you you are the only person of color that I can frankly remember sticking up for this and saying fuck what the fuck's going on here and it's annoying that I get that rep as being the only one because there were people around me like Daniel and Sengimana, Jordan Watson, Samira Watson, Fatima Wolfardali, uh, Moad Wolfardali, like all of these yeah. people me were like yeah we're a part of this we're here Jazari Sumter like yeah um those were my people in BSU. Like, yeah, Fatima technically wasn't in school with us, but she's one of the reasons that I also felt like we need to do something. Fatima right. went to school because her hijab was ripped off in the hallway by someone. Like, that's oh my just, God. That's, yeah, like, because someone wanted to see her hair. And, and, and that's, yeah, and I, that, that's when it's, I, I mean, of course, it's that's just like, the dude should have been like expelled or I'm sure the person but it, it was swept under that big LO Persian rug. Like it, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like it, we don't like to look bad because academically we're golden. So to have mm-hmm. racial tensions or racial issues, it's like, no, that's something the students cause. Meanwhile, there are teachers that came up to me after that article and told me, Cameron, what you're writing is inflammatory. It's untrue and it's unsighted and I'm pretty sure those teachers graded me differently because of the things I used to write. Like I've, I don't know. I wasn't like an amazing 4.0 student. Like I wasn't one of those kids cause I didn't give a fuck, but I was smart and I did the best that I could like, could. that's a lie. I didn't do the best I could, but I was smart. And when I paid attention and tried, I actually did well. Yeah. So for those teachers to discredit me when I actually was like trying, like it sucked because I knew that the reason they didn't like me was because of what I was writing. They didn't like the, look that I was giving to the school. And I'm really grateful for the teachers that were supportive of me, Mm -hmm. but the people and the teachers that were not, like it's unfortunate because I was a child, like trying to express a discomfort that a child was facing. And now looking at it as an adult, like shame on you for not just allowing children to validate themselves, like. Exactly. Have you, um, have you read Daniel's new book at all yet? Uh, Yeah, yeah. 
Of course. I keep up with Daniel all the time. Like he's one of my favorite people from school. Like was another big influence for me because I just think that it was really important that like there was a different representation of what a black guy was supposed to be. Like not that there was anything like wrong with Rodney, but Rodney also was the same black person that would let other white kids say the N-word. Yeah. And so, like, so you call him whatever you want, but like I don't I don't like that. Like be who you are and say what you mean. And I think for Rodney, like I don't blame him for it because as kids, we want friends. And we grew up in a community where like you do anything to make friends because you're the only one. I get it. But there also were other black kids like Daniel who were not tolerating that kinds of stuff. Moan, not tolerating that kinds of stuff. Jordan, not tolerating that kinds of stuff. And those are the guys that I felt like really helped propel BSU and like make it a big thing and like get other followers and like, yeah, it was great. Daniel, um, Daniel was actually my first friend at like Oswego. So, really? Yeah, he was. We had uh, we had drama together, and we were both oh, new. Drama and being you acted all, or is that your thing? Or you um, no, I just took drama for just an elective. Um, I mean, I've always been very flamboyant and just you know. Uh, you know, all over the place, dramatic. I mean, I have a fucking podcast. I'm able to, you know, I think talk it's about have a podcast. Like, thank you. Awesome. I appreciate that. Um, but like Daniel, the the one person who like I think is going to be like famous for my yeah, right. I always tell him that when you're famous, like don't forget about me, this dude. Dude, <laughs> this dude in our drama class, he had a monologue. Um, he fucking he fucking had a monologue and he pulled out this like stool and he started like reading it and he started getting like really dramatic and this motherfucker like jumps on the stool and he starts like reciting it and the whole room like went quiet because we were like this dude that's honestly that's a great memory I'm glad that you have that like idea of him too because I also think he's like a fucking superstar like He's so awesome. I love the fact he just like he wrote a book. Like who just writes a book? Like that blew my mind when I saw that. I was like, like so I've been writing a book. Like yeah, and this dude's doing shit and like everything he's doing for um, excuse me, Jazari, correct? Yes, Jazari, bless his soul. Like Jazari. Okay, you know it's six degrees of separation. I have a homegirl that I met here in Oregon, uh-huh. and I'm really like we're like best friends. We're very tired. Uh-huh. Shanta. Her and Jazari lived together. Huh. It's so crazy. And that's how I found out about Jazari and like, you know, all that stuff. But it's like, it's really great now to see like him, Jazari and Shanta, my friend, like they all hang out all the time. Yeah. And like, I, I, I don't know. I love that. I love that. And like Daniel and Daniel is just such and I would love to have him on. This was, he's like the ultimate like guest because he could, he would be great. I should have Daniel on here. He would be a, an amazing guest to have on here. Better than me because like I probably just ramble. Like he's probably like eloquent and shit. Like you know, Cameron, like, you were you have been one of the best guests I've had on. You just you can keep a not not shitting on any of my other guests, but you are just so you're so just well spoken and you have such purpose behind what you say and you just. You know, you are, you just radiate 
dislike. Yes, I'm giving you right now. You sound like one of those like people that used to call my movie when I was a kid. You talk so well. You speak so nicely. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> Thank you, though. I appreciate it. <laughs> I do. I of You're course. Nice. Of what course. is your shirt? I've been like staring at it all night. Oh, it's my. My Tower the Creator Igor short that I got from oh, the concert. Oh, it's Igor. I was trying to figure out what that was. It's cool. Yeah, I got it. Uh, I my golf shirt. Could have been matching. What the hell, Cam? I wasn't. The- I forgot. You're like a huge Tyler fan. I wasn't even thinking. I know. I'm named my damn cat after him, but he's it's he's so like, crazy. That is so crazy. You know, my roommate and I uh, got this cat uh a week before we saw tyler the creator and for the igor concert and we were just like thinking of different names and we just went through like three or four fucking different names for him and then we saw the igor show and i was like we need to name the cat igor it was and we were just like no but it's just stuck and originally uh my new cat's name was gonna be alfredo and that just wasn't sticking either but we were just like yeah you know, but uh, yeah, that's my life. Just being a goofy cat dad. No, oh, that's great. We but all Cameron, other than that, um, do you have anything to plug before we end this wonderful conversation? Anything to plug? Yeah, anything to plug? No. I'm not like one of those people that have like, followed me on Instagram. Like, I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck do people plug? What does that mean? <laughs> Venmo me at no, uh, dead ass. You could cash at me if you want. To. Cash app. What's your cash app? Let's find Cameron C A M R Y N N too. Beautiful. Cash app you right now. Cash app her. Send her all your money. She deserves it. Uh, I do. I <laughs> feeling bad about being a white person. Send me money. That'll make you feel better. Oh, uh, I agree with you, but. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron, you've been absolutely fantastic, and I appreciate you for coming on. And, uh, you know, um, if you are still listening, um, I greatly appreciate you, and I hope you're having a fantastic rest of your day.